What's up, Crossover fam? This is Tammy. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. God has been moving in major ways in our community, and we're so glad that you get to be a part of it. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to live out your calling in Christ. Enjoy this week's message. And so I'm just going to jump right into this thing. We've been praying and fasting. This is, this is day seven of our 21-day fast. Shout out to everybody who's fasting with us. And you might say like, oh, I didn't even know there was a fast. Listen, jump in today, tomorrow, whenever you want to jump in. We're not telling you how to fast. We're just saying fast from something. All right, Fast from something that, that might even mean something to you. We have young people as part of our church and our family that are fasting from video games, that are fasting from social media, that are fasting from different things. So it's not about how to fast. It's just a matter of really fasting and replacing that with something to seek God. You hear me? And we have a 21-day devotion. We have some, you know, fasting 101 info on citytickers.com backslash fast if you want to jump in that with us. I'm going to jump into the Word this morning. We are talking about advancement. That's kind of our theme for 2021. But it's not like advancing an agenda. It's not advancing a party or a platform. It's advancing personally. Say personally. And, and, And the reality of that is we can't dictate Uh, what the world is going to look like in 2021, but we can choose how we're going to react to things, right? We can choose what our life is going to look like, how we're going to advance mentally, right? How how are we going to take care of our minds and our mental health? What are we going to learn different in 2021? What are we going to learn from the past? What are we going to learn ourselves, right? We We have access to you know, the, the world through technology, and we all should be learning every single day something. Amen? How are we going to advance physically? Like, you know, our, our bodies is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we read about, you know, people getting sick and people perishing and people, you know what I mean, from, from different things. We got to take care of the temple that God has given us. Amen? So how are we going to advance physically? Also, how are we going to advance spiritually? And this is what God has given us as a theme for our our family, our church in 2021. It's called advancement. How many are ready to personally advance in 2021? Say, yeah, make some noise. Come on. So I wanted to go back. When we started the church, God gave me a verse or or, or a few verses in Ephesians chapter 4. And I wanted to, to read that for a moment. Ephesians 4, we're going to start in verse 11. We have them on the screens. You can pull it up in your word. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. My responsibility as a shepherd and a pastor and the different leaders in this church, responsibility is to equip you, say equip me, for the work, say it, of ministry. Say that. Like you are the ministers of the gospel. Did you know that? You are the ones who accomplished all of that stuff on the video in 2020. It wasn't just us. It was us together. Because if it was just me, Phil, Tammy, carrying a few other people that we got, th- those, those statistics would have been way lower. Do you know that? So our responsibility is to equip you 
for the work of ministry. That's what it says in his word. Then it goes on to say, this will continue until all have come to such unity of faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Say mature in the Lord. That we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the fullness or to the full and complete standard of Christ. I love that. There is a standard. Did you know that? The world is trying to tell us that there's not. But the word tells us there is a standard. There is an absolute truth. And the truth has a name. And his name is what? Jesus. Then, check this out. When we come to unity, when we become mature and in the likeness of Christ, the Bible says then. You got to pay attention when it says then. Then we will no longer be what? Immature. Like children. We won't be tossed and blown back and forth by every wind of new teaching. And guess what? There's a lot of new teachings in this time, in this era, and it's leading people astray. They're like, yeah, did you hear this? Or did you hear that? Or did you hear about this conspiracy? Or, you know, the all-seeing eye this, the owl this, all of these different things and teachings that are leading people astray. And the ones that are led astray are the immature ones. So he's saying you have to be mature so you're not blown back and forth by every new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with their lies so clever they sound like truth. Listen, this is in the Word. Read it for yourself, Ephesians 4. Instead, we will speak truth in love. I want you to pay attention to that. We are called to speak truth, but not just speak truth. We're called to speak truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body. And when I read that, growing more and more every day, I think about advancing. Like we as a church are supposed to be advancing spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically in all areas of our lives. We're called to continue to grow, continue to advance. He's the head of the body of the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Look around the room for a second. Look around the room. Every si- nobody in the room looks alike, like exactly alike. Right? We're all different parts of the body. We're all gifted differently. We're all anointed differently. We all come from different backgrounds. We all are born different places, but God fits us together perfectly. Like we are a family. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. I mean, I could go on for hours and hours just on these verses. We fit together perfectly as each part, as you do your special work that God has called you to do, the person sitting next to you as they do their work that God has called them to do, we all fit together as one body, and this body's called the church. Check this out. It helps the other parts grow. So you doing what God has called you to do helps the person next to you grow. And so you have to advance to help other people advance, is what he's saying, so that the whole body is healthy, say healthy, and growing in full of love or and full of love. We're called to grow. We're called to advance. We're called to be filled full of his love, grace, and his mercy in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for each person that's gathered here today. And I pray, Father, that you just teach us something today, that we walk out different than we walked in this room. 
that we advance in every aspect of our life, no matter what's going on in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen, amen. So again, the theme is advancement, and we kind of picked three areas of our life to advance in. It's mind, body, and soul. Mental health, learning something new, physical health, the body is the temple, spiritual health, advancing the kingdom, growing in our gifts, growing in our talents for the sake of the Lord. Amen? So I was watching this Netflix show, and I tried to look it up last night. I cannot remember the name of the show. There was this old couple in this cabin, and, you know, and it was snowing out, or it wasn't snowing. It was, it was winter, and literally they had a fireplace going, and the lady was like, I think I heard something. And I don't like scary movies. Y'all like scary movies? I hate scary movies. How many of y'all with me? Say, say yeah, you, you don't like them. There's a few people. Days is with me. And, and it wasn't necessarily a scary movie, but it was like kind of like one of those ones where, you know, things jump out, zoom, and they got the, they got the sound going. And, and, and the lady was like, I think I heard something. And he was like, well, get up, you know, and go check. And I'm like, what? Why would the guy tell the girl to go get up and go check? And, 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 then, and then he said, you know, I think it's just rain. And she was like, I don't know. And the, the sound is going, and, you know, it's all emotional. And I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm there like, oh, my God, like. Is somebody going to jump out? What's going to happen? And, and literally, it, it, you, you heard the rain hitting the, the top. It was like a tin roof or something. He's like, yeah, I think, I think it's rain. And she was like, maybe we should just call the dog inside and see if he's wet. And I was like, that's actually kind of a genius idea, right? If, the do- if there's a doggy door or something, just call the dog inside. If the dog's wet, it's rain. And so literally, I thought about that, and I'm like, oh, my God. It, it, it reminded me of myself when, you know, like sometimes, you know, when you're watching TV and you can't find the remote control. How many of you have ever been there before? You can't find that dang remote control. Where is the fire stick remote control? If you're in my house, that thing comes up missing all the time. I'll be blaming my dogs. I'll be blaming my son. I'll be blaming everybody. Where's the control? And then sometimes you be so lazy Come on, come on, somebody. I know I'm preaching to the right church. That you don't even want to get up and look for the remote, so you just watch the same old whack show. Because you're too lazy to get up and look for the church and look for the control. And, and as I was watching this show, it was reminding me that they, they weren't necessarily scared. They were in bed, they were comfortable. And they were lazy to the point where they didn't want to get up and see what the noise was. They wanted to call the dog inside the doggy door to see if he was wet. And if you got a dog, you know when it's raining outside and your dog is outside, the last thing you want to do is let that dog inside the house. Can I get an amen? Especially you got some big dogs like Rob. Some pit bulls, some real dog. Never mind. I'm going to go there. But, but the reality is I've noticed this, that, you know, we've developed a culture of laziness in this nation. And I believe that most Americans, you know, just reality is a lot of times we got to go to the bathroom at night and we don't even want to get up and do that. We'll hold it. Because it's, it's like this culture that we've, we've derived and like, you know, now we got young people who don't even play sports outside. People don't even ride bikes no more. And, and literally there's a culture, listen to me for a second, there's a culture of laziness that we've adopted as a nation. 
The sad thing is this. A lot of times we've allowed that culture to permeate into the church as well. We've allowed this laziness and like, you know what, it'll just happen on its own. And this idea if if we just show up once in a while on a Sunday that, you know, God will take care of everything else. I just got to maybe, you know, once a quarter or on holidays, on Christmas, on Easter, maybe once, you know, every now and then. If I show up, I confess my sins and I go about my life like God will take care of the rest. We say if I could just, you know, tune in and hear pastor preach, you know, I don't know, every now and then I will be okay. The reality is I can't feed you enough. Even every week, if you listen to these messages, if you don't take these messages home, if you don't take these messages on your own time and start to dissect them and start to pray over them and start to read the word for yourself and start to pray and fast and ask God to do something in your life, you're not going to advance into the fullness of what he wants for you in 2021. We've let this culture of the world kind of permeate into the church. And far too many of us have mistaken the idea is, you know what? You guys just need some more staff. Or you guys just need doper lights and better sound, more rappers. Oh, if the DJ just came back, then it would be better. Listen, that's not what it's all about. We gather for one reason and one reason alone. We gather around the person of Jesus to worship him, to learn from him, and to bow before him. Amen. That's it. And to learn from one another. We're called to make disciples. If we're not growing, what are we doing? Like, for real, what are we doing? We can't, we're not playing church. Listen, this isn't the church that we're going to come and play church at. This is about discipleship. This is about equipping the saints for the work of ministry, and this is all about what God is doing in you and also through you every single day of the week as a lifestyle. There's a misconception that ministry happens with a microphone. No, it doesn't. A very, 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 very small percentage happens with a microphone. But 99.999% of ministry happens at the gas station. At the grocery store, at the workplace, in your home, wherever you have stepped into, that's where God can use you. And I always say this. You've heard me say it. I'm going to keep saying it. Ministry is really just an overflow of what God is doing in you. And if he ain't doing something in you, if you ain't being filled and you just being lazy, you're not reading your word, you're not praying. I'm not saying this in a religious way. I'm saying this in a real way because that's what the word says to do. If you're not doing this for yourself, you will not be filled, and your cup will not overflow. And it's the overflow of what God is doing in you that impacts and transforms lives around you. Too many of us have said, you know what, God will just take care of it. And listen, God does. He takes care of his people. His will will be done, even if we're lazy. I always, I always say this. One of my fears is this. I tell God, Lord, I want the fullness of what you want for me on this earth. How many of y'all pray like that? Like, I just want everything that you want. But my, my fear is that I'll get lazy. My fear is I, 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 won't, be hung, I won't hunger and thirst for righteousness. I won't, I won't get in the word. Like, I, I'd rather watch Netflix sometimes. Just being honest, as your pastor, sometimes I'd rather watch Netflix. 
Sometimes I'd rather go hang out with friends. Not that all that stuff is bad. Those are good. Those are not bad things. But it can't take the place of time with Jesus. If I'm not taking time in my prayer closet with Jesus and I replace that time with other things, that's where I am making a mistake. It's the intimacy. It's the time spent with the Father that God will continue to advance things in your life and through your life. God isn't like some genie in a lamp. What was that movie with Shaq? Kazam? Kazam. There it is, Kazam. 80s babies in the house, any 80s, 90s babies? Come on, Kazam. Y'all remember Kazam? Maybe I should say Will, Will Smith, right? That's the new Aladdin, right? Kazam. We, we're Kazam church, right? All right. So Kazan, he's not like, God isn't like a genie in the bottle. Like you rub the thing and all of a sudden he's like, oh, what could I do for you today? It's not what about God could do for us. It's what we could do for God. Come on, somebody. He's already done everything he needs to do for me. If he never does one more thing for me, I am good. Not that I don't expect him to do more. Not that I don't want him to do more, but God has done exceedingly abundantly beyond what I could think or imagine already. He died. He sent his son to die for me. Let that sink in. He sent his son to die for you. Can't just rub the lamp and ask him, oh, God. And a lot of times that's how we treat prayer. Jesus, I need you to do this. Or God, I need you to do that. And it's like some transactional time with God. And again, like, he's so good and he's so graceful. Sometimes he does those things for us. But when's the last time we just sat with him and just loved on him and just spoke to him and just talked to him and just hung out with him and just thanked him and just lavished your love upon him? We want advancement, but we don't want to do the work that it takes and the time that it takes to advance. We want the microwave ministry. We want the microwave Jesus. We want to pop the stofers in the, the microwave and hit one minute and 30 seconds, and that bad boy come out smelling so good when you rip that plastic back. But that's not how the kingdom works. Somebody cooked that meatloaf before they, put, they froze that thing. Somebody cooked those mashed potatoes before they put that thing in the freezer. Somebody did the work for you. In this generation, a lot of times that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for somebody to do the work so that we can live out the fullness of what God wants for our life. And that will never, ever, ever happen. You will continue to live the mediocre life. You will continue to be a casual Christian. And God wants you to Rise up. God wants you to be a supernatural man, son, daughter. He wants you to live that abundant life. He wants you to have joy to the full. He wants you to have peace despite what 2021 can ever look like, good, bad, or ugly. You can have peace in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. The Christian life is described in many terms nearly almost every term, as progress or advancements. We hear the words like when people are describing a Christian life in the word like warfare. You ever heard that term before? Warfare. Like when I think of warfare, I think of a battle, and one side is going to win or the other side is going to win. When you think of the Christian life, it's warfare, y'all. The moment we step outside of this building, we are in war. What? Not against flesh and blood. 
Not against human beings, not against a political party, not against, you know, a a, a racial uh, people group, but against the kingdom of darkness, against higher powers of wickedness in high places, against demons, demonic realm, and their God, Satan. And he uses people. He uses, check this out, he will even use Christians to speak lies. Because we start to believe lies. And all of a sudden we think those lies are truth and we stand on those over the word. Because we heard such and such on YouTube say it, so we believe it. Listen, y'all, we need to take what we're hearing of the culture and we need to compare it to the word of God. We need to test it through prayer and through fasting. And God will still speak to his children in 2021. Trust me, he will still speak to you and tell you what's truth and what's not. We hear the Christian life being compared to a race. I don't know the last time I ran a race, it's been a while. But I used to love the 40-yard dash because it was short. There was a starting point, and I could see the end. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to run to right there, and that's it. All y'all cross-country runners, I don't know how you do it, but praise God for you all. But one thing about a race, you're starting one place and you're ending somewhere totally different. And you are going forward. Nobody runs backwards. I don't know what kind of race that would be, but we, we see a bunch of people stumbling and falling. We run forward. We advance. And one thing about a race, there's a finish line. And we're all called to run toward the finish line of what God has called us to do. We also read about in Old Testament pilgrimage, right, a journey God's taking his people from one place to another place, from slavery, captivity, to freedom. The journey, the advancement of God's children and God's people. We read about it, and it's this continuous effort of God's children to be advancing. There's strongholds to be taken down. There's, there's plains and land to be seized. There's trophies to be won in the kingdom. It's all about advancement, personal advancement. If you've been sitting still and you've, you, you, you've just been, been getting by, that is not the abundant life that God promised for you. And so I wanted to break this thing down. I don't know how much time I got left. We might have to make this two parts. But I want to read Joshua 18, verses 1 through 3. This is Old Testament, Joshua. The whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh and set up tents to meet there. The country was brought under their control. Check that out. But there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not received their inheritance. So these are, you know, the, the, the tribes of Judah. These are the, the, the 12 tribes who God has set free from captivity, and they were inheriting the promised land that God had promised for them. They were advancing to their destiny, in other words. Verse 3, so Joshua said to the Israelites, how long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? So let me break this thing down. The the Israelites, there was like nine, you got to read the whole chapter to get this. There was like nine and a half tribes of them that have moved into the promised land. Two and a half of those tribes has moved in to their given 
designated areas and taken possession of the land. And they started to settle in and they started to build their homes. And, you know, they were doing, they, were, they inherited the fullness of what God had promised for them. They had taken possession. Seven of the tribes, though, even after several years, the Bible doesn't say exactly how long, but, but scholars say several years, they had not yet claimed their inheritance. They had not yet moved in to the territory, to the fullness of what God had promised them. They hadn't even begun to build their homes and rebuild their cities. Now, God told them to move in and claim the promised land. He told them that he would give them victory over the enemies and nothing would stand in their way. Yet after years, many of these people lived, continued to live like they were still on the journey. They continued to live like nomads, out of a bag, out of a suitcase. Whatever they had on them is their, their, their whole life possessions. Never having claimed what God had offered them. Now, before we shake our heads and smack our lips, I think we need to remember that many of us in the church have done the same exact thing. God has promised us so many things, victories he's promised us. Do you remember the parable of when Jesus was talking about the sower and the seed, right, and, and, the, and the, uh, the talents? Like, one, you know, he gave a few to one, he gave a little bit to other, and he gave one to one, and one went and buried it in fear that he would lose it because it's all he had. The other ones went and, you know, flipped it and multiplied it. Some advanced it and, and was bearing fruit with, with the talent, and the one that was afraid, hid it, buried it. Jesus took it away from him and gave it to the other ones that were advancing the talents. Let me ask you, how many do you see in the church today who are multiplying physically, mentally, and spiritually? Like literally, think about you for a second. Think about people you know. How many of us are multiplying tenfold, a hundredfold? I'm not talking about just financially. It's not even about finances. It's about spiritually. How many of us are growing tenfold, fivefold, fiftyfold, a hundredfold? God had given us promises, y'all. What's the problem with us? We've gotten lazy in the church. We think if we just post one or two things on social media, oh, that's ministry. Listen, I'm not knocking that. I do that. That's good. Keep doing that. Do it right now. But the reality is that doesn't take place of intimacy with Christ. It's time to get real. It's time to, to, to really seek first the kingdom. Think of everything that God has promised us. Think of the victories. I believe there's four primary reasons, I don't even think I'm going to get through them all, that believers are not more actively maturing. Like, a, like we read in Ephesians 4, they're not actively advancing and they're not actively impacting people around them. There's four reasons. One is this, because it's difficult. I believe a lot of us would have more significant impact if it wasn't as difficult 
in the world. But when things get hard, what we do is we back down. When things get hard, we retreat because we don't want to do work. Did you know that in biblical times, work is worship? And that's a whole other message. Work can be worship unto the Lord. Work as if you're working unto me, says the Lord. It's a form of worship. But we don't want to worship that way. We want to worship with, you know, some famous people on the stage. That's how we want to worship. It's hard. It takes work. It takes effort to grow and mature. If you want to be good at sports, you got to practice. You got to work out. You got to exercise. I was a football player. Y'all remember two-a-days? Y'all remember that? What it is is you had practice early in the morning before school started. My school started at 7.30. We had practice at 6 a.m. And then we had practice after school. Y'all remember that? Y'all still got that nowadays? And it it was called two-a-days. We had to put in the work if we wanted to play. We had to put in the work if we wanted to start. We had to put in the work if we wanted to get better. Just like the Olympics. You think about Olympians. Man, some of these some of these countries take young kids and all they do with their life is athletics. They work out, they do this, they do that because they're they're raising them up to be in the Olympics to win a gold medal. And if they wouldn't put in the work, they probably not going to play. But yet in our nation what we do is everybody who plays gets a trophy. Even if you come to practice or you don't come to practice, if you play hard and work hard or if you don't play hard and work hard, we've adopted the culture of laziness and we want the same thing in the church, unfortunately. If you want to be good at an instrument, like Fafina up here killing the guitar, playing the drum, man, I wish I could play the drums like that. And, and, and I could say that all day long. God, teach me how to play the drums. God, teach me how to play the drums. Now, God can just supernaturally teach me, but or I could say, you know what? I'm going to start to practice every single day. And if I pick up those drumsticks, first of all, I better have some type of rhythm as a white boy, right? I better have some type of rhythm. But if, but if I pick up those sticks and I start to play, I start to watch YouTube, I get a mentor, I get someone who knows how to do it, that's teaching me how to do it, I guarantee you. Over time, I will get better and better and better. A fan once approached this great pianist, and he said, I'd give my life to be able to play like you. The pianist responded to the fan. He said, I did. I did. And so if we're not willing to do what others are doing, to advance in their life. We can't sit back and wish that we could be like anybody because we're not willing to pay the price because it's difficult. Listen, I've been walking with the Lord for 20-plus years now, been on mission ever since. I've seen people on fire for the Lord one day, and then things not work out the way that they wanted it to work out because it got hard. Then all of a sudden, they're no longer serving the Lord. Because it gets hard. And they think that Jesus is the genie in the bottle. Why? Because growth and maturity takes work. It's hard and there's always 
sacrifice. I love 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who is correctly handles the word of truth. Individual growth requires difficulty and sacrifice. What is true of you as you grow individually also applies to you impacting others and the world around you. Jesus speaks of the wedding feast. He told the servants this, and the Lord said to the servant, go to the highways and the byways and the hedges. Compel them to come into my house so that it might be filled. God gives us gifts, abilities, talents to go into the world and make disciples impact the world, even though it's difficult. A lot of times we retreat before we truly Make an impact. I'm going to close with this, and we're going to do the other two points next week. Secondly, some don't grow in advance because there's a sacrifice involved. This poet named Emerson once said, for everything you gain, you also have to give up something. Romans 12, 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I've been convicted in this season, y'all, convicted about my health, about my temple. I can't just do whatever I want to do. For this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. I have to take care of his temple. I can sit here and eat Big Macs every single day, and in five, ten years, I, I could have a heart attack and blame God, or I could blame myself. I could have chose to do something different. I could have chose to sacrifice some things in my life for the advancement of me personally and my health. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's hard. But God walks with us. The price of success, the price of growth, the price of maturity is always sacrifice. In order to become a man or a woman in the world, in order to start your family, in order to give up the comfort and security of your parents and, the, and, and how they brought you up to start on your own, in order to learn and succeed, you have to give up, a lot of times, leisure time. When I was 16, 17, I lived with, with, with my father. But then when I was 18 years old, I went to a school you know, in, in, from Miami to North Carolina called Job Corps. When I came back, I was on my own. I had to figure it out. I had to get a J-O-B. The rent wasn't going to pay itself. So I had to sacrifice. I had to do something different. In order to prepare for retirement. What's going to happen, you know, later on in life? You got to give up some luxuries that you might want now in order to benefit later on. Sacrifice. The price of success is always sacrifice. The more you become like Christ, listen to this, the less of the old person and the old sin and the old nature you carry with you. The more time you spend in God's word, the more time you spend with him, the more time you spend serving him and serving people, the less time on Netflix and Hulu and Apple TV 
and Disney Plus and TikTok. Mm. That hit me. Y'all got to realize when I preach, I just preach about myself. Because I know y'all can relate to, to what I struggle with and what I do, right? Come on. Come on, somebody. This is real. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like the more you seek that, the less you're going to want to even seek the other stuff. And I, again, I'm not saying TikTok's, TikTok's evil or Netflix is evil. Like that, that has its place. Why is it that sometimes, like like like, professional teams, sport teams, it's very rare, even though we've seen it a time or two, where they win the championship over and over and over. Forget about the Patriots and Tom Brady. But it's very rare. And, and let me tell you why it's very rare. Because when they get somewhere, they kind of back off and they get comfortable. They don't put in the same work that they did the year before. Because some of us are unwilling to make the same sacrifices, we fall back. Some of us are unwilling to pay the price to grow spiritually. And so our growth is hindered and it stops. When enough people in the church are unwilling to pay the price, the growth and the advancement of the kingdom is hindered. Now, God ultimately can have his way. I'm not saying God can't do without you. Yes, he can. My fear was always this. I don't know how I skipped this, but my fear was always, Lord, I want that. I want the fullness. I want to be this person. But my fear is I'll get comfortable and God will choose somebody else. And he'll do that. If you're not willing to push through the difficulties, if you're not willing to sacrifice, God will choose somebody else to do what he's called you to do. I'm ready to advance in 2021. In all areas of my life, despite what's going on around me, despite what the world holds, I don't know what. America is going to look like. I don't know what the world is going to look like. I know what I'm going to look like, though. I'm going to push through the difficulties. I'm going to sacrifice for my sake and my family's sake. And I know God's promises are true. And his promises are this, yes and amen. Come on, somebody. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your church. I pray that we're able to push through the difficult circumstances in our nation, the difficult circumstances in our families, the difficult circumstances in our finances, Lord God. We're able to sacrifice time, talent, and treasure so that we can mature as sons and daughters, so that we can be transformed into the image of your son, Jesus, so that we can walk in the fullness of what you want us to walk in in 2021. 
Have your way. Come on, make that your prayer today. Have your way in my life, God. Show me areas that I need to cut away. Show me people that I need to cut away. Yeah, that's for somebody here. Show me things that I need to change up. Help me to manage my time better. Because it's all about you. We're stewards of 24 hours a day. And how we steward our time, how we steward our talents, and how we steward our treasure will we have eternal dividends. So fill your children today, Lord. Change us from the inside out so that we can advance in all aspects. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Christ Jesus, we pray. We all said amen. Let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Come on, everybody. Man, what a powerful message. We want to thank you for tuning in. I hope that this week's word blessed and encouraged you. God is doing some amazing things in our community, and we're so glad to have you be a part of it. If you're new to our ministry, we would love to connect with you. You can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash connect and fill out the information so that we can stay connected. Also, if you would like to give to help support our ministry, you can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash give. Thanks and God bless.